Thanks so much for joining us this Sunday morning on 720 WGN. This is the Workers' Mic. I'm Ken Edwards, alongside with Ed Maher, and we've got a great show for you today. Coming up in just a little bit, uh, we'll chat with Don Finn, who is the president business manager, yes? Yeah, of uh, the IBW, Electricians, Local 134. Giant, great union. Let's talk Uh, about what we're here to do today. So here's, um, in, in a nutshell... You know, this is the first time that labor has been on the radio in many, many years. I think back in the day, the Chicago Federation of Labor used to have a show. They had their own radio station, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was WCFL. Uh, original title, WCFL. So labor has, uh, you know, been kind of in the shadows for a long time. And given what's happening recently, I'm sure everybody's following the news, Um you know, everything from Amazon to Starbucks to Chipotle, you name it, you know, there, there's union organizing going on. And unions today, of all things, have a 71% approval rating. Yeah, that's uh, Gallup Polls came up with that just a few weeks ago, and that's the highest it's been since 1965, I think. Which is the year I was born. So it's absolutely amazing. But, you know, this show is called The Worker's Mic, and, and, and it's, it's called The Worker's Mic um, intentionally, it, it, we, you know, we were going to call it Union Power Hour or something, you know, union related. But I think, you know, we took a little bit of a step back and decided to call it the Workers Mike because the show really will address workers issues, whether you're in a union or not in union, whether you're trying to form a union or you're working non-union. We're going to talk about uh, every right that a worker has here in Illinois, here in the Midwest, and quite frankly, here in the United States. And we want to hear the voices of workers, and we're going to share with you the voices of workers and what's going on in their lives, what they're trying to accomplish, and what we can all do to work together to lift everybody up. I think that makes sense. And and we're also going to give workers some tools, quite frankly, to use that they may not know they have. You know, look, one thing we've always said is unions are are our own best kept secret, right? You know, we have pensions, we have health insurance, we have, you know, just all these fantastic benefits, but we don't tell anybody about them. So part of the program and part of the show is going to be for us to talk about, you know, the benefits of being in a union. But simultaneously, we're going to talk about workers' rights and and rights that they have under law by statute. Um, We're going to be talking for the next couple of weeks. You're going to hear us blasting um, why you should get out and vote yes on the workers' rights amendment. That's right. That's it's an amendment coming up on the ballot on November 8th, and it's something that's good for every single worker. Um, Workers are on the ballot, and, you know, no matter what political party you identify with, no matter what you do for a living, the Workers' Rights Amendment will help you and will be good for the economy. And when you say workers' rights, is it public sector workers, private sector workers? It's all all workers. I mean, the, the, the initial paragraph of the description of the amendment, the language that would go into the Constitution, says all workers. That's amazing. So you hear all this nonsense about, oh, it's only for public sector workers, or it's only for private sector workers, or it's only for union workers. It doesn't mention the word union, does it? No, nowhere in it is is the word union mentioned. And I think that, that some of the things that are being uh, thrown out against it uh, have nothing to do with it, have no basis in fact. And 
largely that's because the things that are covered in the workers' rights amendment, which are trying to give workers additional rights, most importantly, keep politicians out of it, remove the threat that politicians pose. So every time there's a new governor, a new state rep, they can't just come in and change fundamental rights and slash workers' pay, take away their their benefits, things like that. Um, these are things that people agree with. And so there's nothing to attack in the actual amendment. So they're, they're, you know, you throw out red herrings like, you know, fake property tax arguments and things like that. Yeah, that's, uh, first of all, it's typical of anti-worker rhetoric, right? They'll just throw anything against the wall that sticks. And, and let's remind the audience that what's on the ballot is a constitutional amendment. And when I say constitutional, I mean Illinois Constitution, not the United States Constitution, not Wisconsin's Constitution. It's the Illinois Constitution. So that would enshrine these rights into the Illinois Constitution. So we never have to deal with this again. So, Ken, you're you're the executive director of the Midwest Coalition. Why don't you talk a little bit about what that is? Tell us a little bit about that. What the MCL is, in a nutshell, is a cooperative of unions throughout the Midwest. It started with five unions here in Chicago, the Carpenters, the Laborers. IBW, Local 134, um, Local 399 of the Operating Engineers, and Local 150 of the Operating Engineers. Five unions, they got together. So what the MCL does is it simply, which, which seemed to be a no-brainer, pools our resources, our economies of scale, and allows us to buy benefits for members that they otherwise would have a hard time getting by themselves. And these are benefits that, I mean, a union contract often includes things like, you know, good pay, retirement benefits, uh, health care, um, you know, various benefits like that. But what you're talking about is in addition to that? That's exactly right. These are benefits over and above what you get from your collective bargaining agreement. So if you're a union member, and exactly what you just said, you have, you know, a pension, health insurance, great wages, etc. But you could never get, for example, life insurance. You know, that's a, that's a benefit that we offer. Absolutely. And, and we're going to talk about these benefits that unions members get, but also how Every worker should uh, should be able to have access to these things, and we're going to give people tools to to find out how to get that for themselves. So um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great show. Yep, and you're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor, right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor, and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to 720 WGN. Uh, you're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial. We're lucky today to have Don Finn, Business Manager and Financial Secretary of IBEW Local 134. Welcome, Don. Thanks for having me, guys. Morning, Don. Great to see you. Good to be seen. So, real quick, quick background. Yes. Who are you and what do you do? So my name is Don Finn. I am the business manager, financial secretary of IBW 134. We represent about 12,500 electrician manufacturing, and uh, we have a wide variety of uh, membership from court reporters out to uh, people at the racetracks wow. to electricians putting up the buildings downtown and communication people workers. People at the racetracks? Yeah, we do all the uh, parimutuals that oh. take in the bets. Well, who, who knew? Do yeah. we, we get a union uh, discount or a union advantage? No. Is there a handshake? No, 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 uh, we are going to get right into why you're here. And by the way, you are the president of the Midwest Coalition of Labor, correct? I am, yes. So uh, welcome my boss. Yeah. 
<laughs> Again, great to be here. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get right into the to the workers' rights amendment. Um, Ed and I chatted about it uh, a little bit earlier at the beginning of the show, and we want to hear from you. You know what? What's your take on it? Why is it important? Why is it important for your members to get out and vote yes on this? Let, let, let's talk about that. So the workers' rights amendment is is a chance of a lifetime. That's the way I'd call it. It's really? Why, why do you say that? Well, here's the deal. Uh, it's it's the number one thing on the ballot. Okay, it can change the history of organized labor moving forward in the city of Chicago, and we're setting the table for the country. To be honest with you, I love it. And not only the city of Chicago, obviously, but the state of Illinois. Absolutely, um, we represent. In 134, we represent just Cook County. Yeah. Um, but we're collectively through the state of Illinois and not just the IBW. This is like uh, an all hands on deck. This is, uh, you, you, you're never going to get another chance at changing the way that people, mostly politicians, come at us with yeah. bad, bad legislation yep. to make jobs not safe, to not get the prevailing wage. This puts that all to bed forever. Because it's a constitutional amendment. That is correct. We are changing the Constitution, and we won't have to revisit this no matter who's in power down in Springfield. So whether you're in a union or not in a union, you don't have to worry as much about who's getting elected every four years. It's not It's not a, a, a an existential threat anymore the way it has been so many years in the past. And to your point, you're exactly right. This isn't about a union or non-union. It's for every worker out there. I don't care if you're driving a bus, driving a cab, hanging off a crane, or downstairs you know, selling coffee. This is going to make things better across the board for every worker in the state of Illinois. Who, who wouldn't support workers' rights? That's the question I'd like to ask. Well, pe- people that are against workers. Well, and who would that be? That'd be the uh, Jeff Bezos of the world and, and the... Uh, and the Ulines. That's right. And the Koch exactly. brothers. That's why right. is that? Because they want their self-interest. That's well, because, why it is. Right. They don't care about the worker. No, it's greed. Exactly right. Of course. So this this will... The rising tide will lift all ships with this. This is a big one. Yeah. Well, the amendment itself is is, is pretty brief, pretty direct. Um, you know, I've it, it talks about what it will do, uh, what rights it will enshrine in the Constitution. Um, and, I mean, I've, I've seen and I've heard some people talking about concerns about property taxes that have been raised by some of these, some of these anti-worker self-interests. Um, and there's nothing in this amendment that deals with property taxes. There's, there's no truth to this suggestion that it'll raise people's property taxes. You know, to your point, Ed, that when I walk job sites, some of my members have asked me that. Hey, Don, is this going to raise my property taxes? Well, I know the answer to that. But the nonsense that's put out there against this workers' rights, there is no correlation whatsoever about real estate taxes and workers' rights. If your real estate taxes are going to go up, who's going to do that? The assessor's going to do that. The Illinois legislators are going to do that. The workers aren't going to do that. And we're not doing it with this workers' rights amendment. There's nothing together with workers' rights and taxes. Listeners can go to workersrights.com and read the text of this amendment. Uh, and there's it's brief, it's simple, and there's nothing in there. There's not a single number in that uh, in that language, and it has no uh, implications on property taxes whatsoever. So well, go out and, you know, and read is, it yourself. This is the normal, by the way, the normal rhetoric, right, where, where, the, where they, they want to scare yes. us, and what do they do? They, they go to two things, taxes 
and guns. So I'm surprised they didn't come out and say, like, oh, my God, the Workers' Rights Amendment's going to take your gun away. Like, they just couldn't make that leap, but it, but they got oh, to the tax They're not leap. done yet. We're not, we're not at November 8th. Remember that. But it's audacious because the truth of the matter is, with the Workers' Rights Amendment, what it will do is actually put more money in workers' pockets. And as you said earlier, Ken, a rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, when people start making more money, if... For example, I always use the example of a um, of a grocery store clerk. If a union grocery store clerk starts to make $2 more an hour, then non-union grocery store clerks have to earn a little bit more. The stores have to pay a little bit more because everybody's got to be got to be lifted up by that otherwise people are going to lose talent. And if there's one thing we've learned in the last couple of years, it's it's hard to retain talented workers and you've got to offer workers a little bit more to keep them around to give them an incentive to stay. And on top of that, I mean, you know, Don, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, you know, when people make more money, they leave that money in the community. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. What are they doing? They're buying houses. They're going sending their to- kids to school, going grocery shopping, going on vacation, going down to the restaurants downtown. That's right. Going out any, anywhere you can to enjoy your family. But if you're putting the time in, why shouldn't you be paid that wage? You're doing the job that you were trained to do. And by the way, the members of the Midwest Coalition of Labor are the most skilled labor in the state of Illinois, as a matter of fact, across the country now that we're growing. Absolutely. Believe it. And then we deserve every penny that we get. Absolutely. This will set the table for the country. Because I've had business managers from across America call me and say, how did you get it on the ballot? How did we get it on the ballot? We have bipartisan support. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not apologizing for that. We have people on both sides of the aisle that believe in this. The union that I work with, the operating engineers, I mean, we have a very, very diverse membership of Democrats or uh, conservative members, liberal members, and independents, and and that's the reality across the population. And to ignore that would just be would be bad management. We have to to give political options that speak to all of our members, that speak to everybody, and that's what the Workers' Rights Amendment is. It's yeah. apolitical. Whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, this is good for you because it just keeps politicians from attacking you. Let's go back to what you said for a second, Don. Let's address the elephant in the room. Sure. All right, and that's right to work. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, all the pollsters say, don't mention right to work and don't mention the word union and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Our members are smart enough to understand what right to work is. Yes. What's is. right to work? Well, let's let's just say that was a catch on phrase. You know, someone who put that out 80 years ago, they, they knew what they were doing when they did that. Yeah. Everyone said, yeah, it was right to work. Right to work is the right to work for less. You all know that. Absolutely. Everyone knows that that is in any type of organized labor or labor period. And I'll be here to tell you this. This workers' rights amendment will end right to work for not only us, for our children's children. Because guess what? We can't control who's sitting in the spring out in Springfield at the at the house down there. But I can tell you this: if we outlaw right to work forever, that's going to take a big thing off the plate for organized labor. Absolutely. So look what happened over the past couple of years: Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa. They're all right to work states. And what right to work means in plain English, and I'm just going to get this out there: it means this: that if you're a union member, you don't have to pay dues in order to enjoy the benefits of the union. It's like saying I'm going to join that golf club down the country club down there and i'm going to come there and i'm going to play golf every single day and i'm going to use the shower and the restaurant and blah 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 but i'm not going to pay dues for it i'm not going to pay my membership fees that's what right to work is and it's right to work for less and what it's designed to do is to simply crush the coffers of the unions it's just that simple to put us out of business death by a thousand cuts and this amendment right here in illinois we have the chance to end that discussion in illinois forever 
And I'd like to even point out, I've talked to my comrades up in Wisconsin. They got crushed when Ryan put that on there. They got crushed. Of course. They've lost their, they lost their municipal members. Uh-huh. They lost the wage that they're making. And they lost safety on the jobs. No one's talking about that. That's another thing that this amendment will do. It will make things safer and better on job sites across the state of Illinois. It's a great point. And, and who's going to argue against safety? Right. First of all, it'll drive down workers' comp costs. Yes. It'll drive down uh, utilization of doctors, hospital, insurance costs, right? A safer workplace, quite frankly, if you take the take it to its logical conclusion, you're literally driving down the cost of an employer's workers' comp premium, right? Because jobs are more safe. They've had a safer record. You're driving down the cost of a union's health insurance, an employer's health insurance, because people are not getting hurt and going to the doctor. You're driving down the cost of Social Security disability, where somebody's injured and now has to draw social security because they can't work anymore you know union members and and safe workplaces they don't rely on public aid right i mean that's just a fact correct ed yeah absolutely uh that's one thing that unions do is we take care of we take care of our people and we try to expand and make that tent bigger for all workers don it's uh always a pleasure to talk to you and 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 we really appreciate you being the very first guest on the workers mic and we'd love to have you back on really soon. Well, I tell you what, it's an honor for me to be here, but it's an honor for me to be here to represent my members and the entire membership in the Midwest Coalition of Labor. So thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks thank, for all the hard work you, you do. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor, right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to 720 WGN. Uh, You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial. All right, everybody, it's time for the union myth of the week. We're not mythbusters. We don't call ourselves mythbusters because we would get sued if we did that. But we're here to uh, dispel some myths that people commonly hear about unions. And today, what have we got, Ken? Today, I think it's union dues are too expensive. Yeah, I've I've heard that a lot. I mean, you know, it's something that's commonly used when employees are trying to organize their companies. They'll say, do you really want to pay union dues? Now, Ken, what percentage, uh, like how do union dues work typically? So here's how it, it works for the most part. Each union has its own kind of uh, way of doing union dues. Some do um, an hourly rate, you know, two times your hourly rate. Some do a percentage. In the building trades, we tend to do a percentage. Yeah, I know the operating engineers do uh, 3%. Yeah, so let's just use 3%, for example. And I think, quite frankly, that's on the low side of union dues. But but that being said, you know, that's how it works. And what companies will tell you when you're organizing and Starbucks is, you know, doing this at the moment. So is Amazon. Like, oh, do you really want to pay union dues to these union bosses? And and the answer is yes, I want to pay union dues. Well, let me let me just put this into context. You said something very important. You said if it's three percent, let's just use three percent as an example. Um, this year, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Now, this is a government agency. They tackle wages. Uh, they study wages benefits across all occupations and states. You know, every state. And um, they put out their numbers. So nationally, in construction, we'll use it for, for our first example. Um, a union construction worker in America today makes 50.8% more than a non-union construction worker. Uh, so, that just seems like kind of 
the lowest hanging fruit in the world, right? Would would I pay three grand to make an extra fifty grand? Obviously, the answer is yes. Yeah, I think you could go to any worker and say, if we give you 50%, but it costs you 3%, is that a good deal or a bad deal? And I think I'm not a mathematician. Ken, are you a mathematician? I actually never passed algebra. Okay, well, that's okay. You don't have to be good at math because this is a good deal and it's easy to see why. Um, It's not just construction. I mean, service occupations, union-represented service occupations, they're making 50.1% more. Even office administrators are making 21.5% more. So you pay for that representation. You pay for a union to fight for a little bit more for you and they're delivering, as we see from these numbers. Yeah, and once again, you know, this goes back to what we talked about and what we continue to talk about, that unions are our own best-kept secret. We don't get this information out there to tell people, like, hey, do you want to pay union dues? The answer is yes, you do want to pay union dues. Why? Because along with union dues comes, besides what you just mentioned, which is an enormous increase in wages, comes a pension, a health insurance plan, um, annuity, or we're opening up doctor's offices all over the country. I mean, just... Benefit after benefit that most are tangible, some are intangible. We'll talk about those in the future, like just cause and grievance procedures and a say in your working conditions and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, if you're working non-union, and let's just say you're working non-union here uh, in Chicagoland in construction, and let's say the average wage here, benefits, package, blah, 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 in construction is 80 bucks all in, right? Your pension, your health insurance, et cetera. You know, in non-union land, You'd be lucky to be making 25 30 bucks an hour, and you're going to be paying for your own health insurance. You're going to be paying for your own 401k, and the difference is probably in the, like the $60 an hour range. I mean, that is how big of a difference there is. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in a lot of construction, uh, construction unions around Chicago, I can speak for, you get a, a wage rate, and it's usually, say, between $35, $45 an hour, maybe a little bit more. Uh, but on top of that, you're getting contributions for your health care, for your retirement savings, um, you know, for tax-free retirement health care, whatever. Every union offers different things. But these are this is money that's going on top of your wages. Whereas if you're working, if you're not a member of union, for example, we hear stories. We have members that travel in from Texas. If they're operating a piece of equipment down there, they're making 18 $20 an hour. And if they have health care, it's taken out of that. So that number is already half of what a union worker is making. But then... Every, if you want health care, that number goes down. If you want to save for retirement, that number goes down. So they're, really, so they're, they're actually paying non-union dues. And the non-union dues are a lot more than what you would be getting, what you would be paying a union to, to bargain for more for you. But, 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 Ed, I don't need somebody to bargain on my behalf. I do such a great job by myself. Well, I think that the numbers show that broadly across the population, individuals do not do as well as folks who have professionals representing them and negotiating for more on their behalf of course i'm I'm, I'm being facetious but it's strength in numbers right it's the united states of america the a union i mean we literally call our country a union It's, it's it's pretty simple you get together and you negotiate collectively. It's collective bargaining. That's right. And not, not begging, bargaining. Whether you're a union member or you're not a part of a union, I think that everybody has seen over the past few months, maybe the past year, that workers, when they stand together, get a little bit more. So to put a bow on this, Ken, just to summarize all of this, are union dues too expensive? No. That myth has been busted. <laughs> 
You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor, right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor, and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. 720 WGN, Sunday morning. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor, and we are sponsored by Megan Financial, and we are very lucky today to have Ron Whittingham, who is a principal at Megan Financial. Welcome, Ron. Hey, morning, Ken. How are you? I'm great. It's great to have you here, Ron. Um, so let's, let's let's get down to it. Um, what is explain? What's Megan Financial? So um, you know we're we're unique in the fact that we're a financial planning firm that focuses on different unions and educating the participants on what their benefits are. So you work specifically with labor unions? Yeah, I mean, 95% of our business is is union labor. Um, you know, obviously, we, we get some referrals from family and friends that are, that are you know, in non-union capacities, you know, doctors, attorneys, whatnot. Uh, but 98% of our business is, is union labor. And a lot of union members, when they, when they first start working, they start earning the wages, they get the paychecks, but they're, they've got a number of benefits that are being paid in on. And some unions are probably better than others in telling those members what they've got. But I would imagine you've probably run into a lot of members that don't even know how many benefits they have. Yeah, you know, that, that truly is amazing. And, and all the unions do a, a, do a job. They send out mailers, they have webinars, and they do, they do what they can do. Uh, but it surprises me every day. You know, we have, we have union people retiring, you know, in nine months, and they really have no idea what they're going to live on. So there's a ton of financial anxiety of, of retirement. You've been working your whole life, especially in the union world. You don't have to set money aside for these benefits. It's done on your behalf. So you don't have any knowledge of, of what that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost like you know the union is doing it for you, and then you kind of get used to that, and you simply just it, – it's it's not in your worldview anymore. You just worry about what you got on the check. You know somewhere down the line, oh, I'm going to retire. But then when it gets close to retirement, you're like, you're like wait, what what do I have? How much am I going to get? Like, how, what do I have to do to live? And, and, you know, I get these same questions as part of the MCL. It's like – you know what should I do? And I literally tell them, like, you know, what you should do. You should pick up the phone and you should call Ron Whittingham from Megan Financial because he can explain your benefits a lot better than I can. So, like, what? Is, so, tell me, like, you'll talk to somebody, and let, let, we're going to go backwards. All right, so we're going to start backwards. Somebody's getting ready to retire, right? They call you. What do you do? Yeah. So, uh, what we do is obviously we have to find out which union they're working with. We have, uh, the summary plan descriptions and we understand the benefits of each union that we work with. And, you know, we just go back, we take a look at their pension statement and we explain to them, you know, what their benefits are going to be, you know, what you're going to expect to live on. You know, should I, do I want to take a spousal benefit? Uh, so my, my, Spouse is protected in, in the case that I predecease her. Uh, do I have retiree medical? How does that work? How does it integrate with Medicare? If I die, what happens? When do I take Social Security? You know, I have this annuity they refer to a 401k plan. And, and again, all this stuff is done for them, but it, what happens at retirement or close to retirement, the participant all of a sudden has to become aware of all this stuff. And, and, they, and they have to make various elections, correct? They do, yeah, and and they can't be. It can't be done for them. The union can't advise them because the union's not a, a certified financial planner. By law, they can't actually give financial advice. Correct? Yeah, by law, they cannot. Okay, and you can. We that's what we do every day. 
And I mean, I, I just like I can't tell you what a value that is to union members when they're you know looking at the twilight of their career to have somebody in their corner like yourself that understands. I mean, you know, there's a joke that goes around like you've seen you know one union plan you've seen one union plan like each union has something different right like you said and so you you guys are kind of one-stop shopping so you explain to them okay and really like actually drill down in numbers right like here's how many years you worked here's what your pension will be if you decide to you know take the spousal benefit your pension will be reduced by this but your uh you know your spouse will get to keep it for you know blank here's how much money you have in your 401k uh this is you know what your retiree medical uh insurance will cost i mean you can literally drill down and give them a number or advice as to how to do it when to take social security like you said etc right yeah i mean that's what we do and you mentioned you know you, you see one pension plan you've seen a bunch of them a lot of these unions inside of them they have several different defined benefit plans and each one of them is different and you know you, you get divorced and, and you change the beneficiary cards well they have they have four different plans that that you have to change your beneficiary cards and you think you just change one so they're all set so you need to start planning and understanding what you have from day one and we do these things we meet with apprentices uh we we do classes at the different union halls let's go back to the divorce for a second do yeah. people get divorced in the- you know what happens oh. it happens huh. and yet you, you have to understand the impact of that as well change those beneficiary cards folks <laughs> yeah, you don't want to you don't want to pay an ex-wife right? honestly so let me ask you something I, if uh, maybe i'm mistaken here but uh Megan is a fiduciary as well. Is that right? Yeah. So, so right. When you know, at the end of the day, obviously, we don't we don't charge a fee for all of this, all of the services that we do, uh, helping the the participant understand what what they're going to be getting, the, going through the different spousal benefit options, social security. There's no fee for any of that. Obviously, we're a company. We have a profit motive, and and when we end up rolling that money over to uh, out of the plan into an IRA, we act as a fiduciary, which is very important. And and what that means is is that the advice that you're giving, the moves that you're making, are intended to benefit the individual and not not to make a couple of points for this broker or that broker or, or, or outside companies like that, but you're driven and you have an obligation to do what's in the best interest of, of the participant. Yeah, and, and to be honest, even even before that, working in a niche, working in a union, we you have to do that anyways. You always have to ask, ask, act in the best interest only because, you know, it, these unions are are small and and you know bad news travels really fast so yeah you have the our reputation and we've been doing this for 22 years or at least i've been doing it for 22 years our firm has been doing retirement seminars since the mid 90s uh our reputation is the most important thing that we have so you so unions that are out there listening um you know contact Megan, where can they contact you? Yeah, so uh, obviously uh, through the website is uh, www.megent.com, or you can call us at 708-444-1090, and you can, you can just ask for me. And it's uh, ask for Ron Whittingham. Yes, sir. And, and, and it's, it's worth doing if you're a union member or you're a union leader uh, to do this. Talk about your experience with – you're deep with Local 134, correct, of, the, of uh, IBW? Yeah, um, I've, that's kind of like where I grew up. We started with Local 134. I've been working with 134 for my career for 22 years. And, I, you know, I, I've probably physically, personally retired a 1,000 members. And, you know, I know the pension plan's like the back of our hands. That's, that's, that's a comforting feeling if you're a 134 guy. And so, 
they have an annuity, correct? Yeah, like so four hundred one k. So they have they have uh, three different defined benefit plans. Obviously, everybody has social security. They do have retiree medical, depending upon which classification you're in, and then you have uh, you have an annuity or a defined contribution plan. And and the reason I'm asking this is the and and while they're working, and I think I know this. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but for IBW one thirty four, their uh, annuity is through John Hancock, if I'm not mistaken? Correct. Okay. And when they leave or they retire, what's the percentage of 134 members that move their money from John Hancock over to your firm? Yeah, I mean, again, we've been there for such a long time. We have a great reputation there. Um, we have a huge value add because we understand the defined benefit plans. It's a large percentage. Um, you know, I would say somewhere north of 80%. Wow. That literally take their money, trust you enough, and move it. Correct. And back to what Ed is talking about, you'll go into apprentice classes and say, like, this is who I am. Here's your benefits. If you have questions, you can call me. So if somebody, for example, a young kid wants to, you know, get married, right, and buy a house and open up a 529 plan for his kid's college, for, for example, I mean, he can vet all of that stuff through you. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, we do that every day. That's awesome. Yeah, Roth IRA is something outside of their own pension plan. <clears throat> We can we can we can do all that, and we do. The one thing we do with those apprenticeship classes, though, is we really you know hammer them on how important this this defined benefit pension plan is, because especially in times like now with the market so crazy as as it is, I mean that pension that income stream is not negatively impacted at all from the stock market. I mean, explain, that's not explain, anybody else. Ron, explain what a pension is. Well, I mean, a pension is, is a, well, I mean, it, it could be a couple of different things, but a defined benefit pension plan pays you a sum of money per month based upon how many credits you have with that union. And it's not going to go down. It's not going to run out. It's a defined benefit, which means every month the benefit you receive is going to be the same yeah. based on what you paid in over your career. Yeah, regardless of what the stock market does, you're getting X amount of dollars deposited into that bank account. You don't even have to be home to get the check because it's direct deposit. You could be in some other state. It's a truly amazing benefit. So one of the things that you mentioned is talking to apprentices. And I think it's really important for a number of reasons. And that's, um, I'm sure that you've had to sit at a kitchen table with somebody who is getting ready to retire and tell them that maybe they weren't in a position where they were able to retire. And that's a spot that nobody wants to be in. But a lot of folks don't think about their retirement until they're in their 40s or in their 50s. Um, but people who are just starting out and, and looking for advice, like you said, on college plans or just on what moves to make to, to put themselves in a good spot to retire, you can't start on this too early. Am I right? No, that's correct. I think the, the sooner you understand what those benefits are and anything that you can do even outside of those benefits independently, like we mentioned a Roth IRA, mm-hmm. you know, by doing that earlier, we'll just give you freedom, right? So you'll have different options. You, do you want to retire early? You know, do you want to do something different? Do you want to buy a house in Florida? You have different buckets of money that way. So, like, I've always been told that, you know, when retirement is like a stool and there are different legs of the stool, right? Your pension is one of them. Social Security is another. Maybe you have a 401k. Individual savings. Individual savings. Maybe you own a house and you're an empty nester and you might sell that house now and have some equity. But, you know, that's where it's tough for somebody on their own to make a decision. If you read the newspaper or turn the television on, you get 45,000 different opinions on what you should do with your money and, you know, when, right? Yeah. And and the, the crazy thing is, you know, people with pensions, 
you know, it's probably, I don't even know, something 5 to 8% of America. So when you're reading those publications, when you're reading something online, when you're listening to some talking head on TV, they're not talking to you. you know, no. they're, they're talking to the people out there that, that don't, don't have these plans. So like, we have a unique perspective. We understand what those benefits are, how important they are to your life, and it impacts, you know, maybe you could be a little bit more aggressive with that 401k. Because you have a cushion to fall back on, which is your pension. Yeah, you have you have a stream of income that that is is going to be there no matter what. And we're talking now union folks. Now let's let's shift gears for a quick second, right? Because the, you know part of the show, Ron, is to talk about workers in general, right? So you know we're all reading the news and you're seeing the Amazons of the world organizing and Starbucks and Chipotle and you know you name it. These these. I call them kids, but it, they're probably not anymore. They're probably people that you know are in their thirties and forties using that as a means of their income, right? Am I am I getting that right? Yeah, absolutely. These these lower wage jobs are not just uh, staffed by high school kids. That uh, yeah, you know, some I mean, of these companies would have you believe not, not anymore, right? Yeah. So for for folks out there, whether you are involved in uh, actively involved in your planning right now or not, whether you're saving right now or not, if you don't have a plan today, if you're listening to this and thinking to yourself, I've got some financial anxiety about this, uh, what's something that everyone should just do? If you're not if you're not doing anything about retirement right now, what's the first step? Well, I mean, if, if you don't, it, you know, two different answers to that. So if you don't have, if you're not affiliated with the union, you have to start something now. I mean, you, you have to set something aside as soon as you, as soon as the show is over, so you got to get it done. Um, if, now, if this you're is su- it's Sunday, right? okay, Monday's good. Yeah. So, <laughs> if if you if you are affiliated with the union, you know, understand those benefits. That's what that's what you have to do. And for um, for those union members um, that want to understand their benefits, one more time, who can they call? They they can call us uh, again www.megent.com or seven zero eight. Four 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 one zero nine zero. Ron, I really appreciate your being here today. Really important, and uh, and thank you so much. By the way, for being the main sponsor for the Workers' Mic. I'm really excited about it, Ken. Thank you, thank you, Ed. Thanks so much, Ron. That's all for us. I'm Ken Edwards. He's Ed Maher, and this is the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Coming up next, it's Dean Richards and the top stories from Northwestern Medicine Newsroom on 720 WGN. The preceding episode of the Workers' Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of the Workers' Mic, visit WGNRadio.com. Ron Whittingham, Investment Executive, 15321 South 94th Avenue, Suite 100, Orland Park, Illinois, 60462, 708-444-1090. Securities and advisory services offered through Cetera Advisors, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, a broker-dealer and a registered investment advisor. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. The views depicted on this broadcast are general in nature and are provided for informational use only. The views are not necessarily those of Cetera Advisors, LLC. They should not be considered as specific investment or tax advice. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Keep in mind that investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Investment decisions should be based on individuals' own goals, time horizon, and tolerance for risk. Consult your investment and or tax professional regarding your unique situation.